1: You were early on the the, the two-a-train.
0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Absolutely, I'm on the Tua Train. Oh,
2: we met him at the Super Bowl, great kid.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. When I read Tyree Kill's comments, if he feels that way about Mahomes and Reed, how is he gonna feel about this new situation when it doesn't invariably go very well? Today's guests, ESPN NBA analyst Doris Burke, Falcon's tight end, Kyle Pitts. Plus, longtime sports columnist and author, Rick Riley.
2: And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh,
0: yes it is. (laughs) Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, right in the middle of the week, right in the middle of the month of June. I mean, we're just slicing this thing right down the middle. Uh, Welcome to this program. We are thrilled to have you here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Sirius XM uh channel 85 nbc sports audio we're thrilled to have you on this terrestrial radio network affiliate also we're thrilled to have you on odyssey and those who are listening on the podcast later on hello to you please hit that subscribe button rate us five stars all that good stuff we're all podcasts required on the cumulus podcast network good to see you where you are christopher brockman how are you what's up rich Good to see you. Hey, the Red Sox won. Uh, hey, they Just did. I want to let you know. That's very,
2: I know you were very concerned yesterday about how they were doing yes. And it being over 500. They won Yes, five games over now.
0: They are. Good for you. It's a high watermark. Thank you. I'm very proud. I'm going to give you a cookie. Good to see you, Jason Feller. How are you? What's, what's up, up, Jay Felly? What's up, Rich? What's going on? A nice little pinstriped cookie for you over there. T.J. Jefferson has already lit the candle. Yes, how are indeed. you, sir? I'm tremendous, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm just great. Uh, Not as good as Minka Fitzpatrick, who just moments ago signed the richest contract in the history of the National Football League for a safety. Yes, $18.4 million a year, according to our friend Adam Schefter from the Worldwide Leader in Sports. $36 million guaranteed at signing. That is a lot of cash. Pay that man his money. For a man in the back end of the defense. Of the wow. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to go a long way in Pittsburgh, wow. my guy. Let me tell you. You know, it's kind of funny. And that's, <laughs> let's start the show with this. Wow. Uh, on this program. Let's start the show with this based we off play of a lot the of b- yeah. Minka. Yeah, I
2: pickleball with uh, that. I about you to <laughs> say, yeah, you guys have a lot in
0: common, you and Minka. Oh, I didn't know that. He plays pickleball? Oh, you didn't see that story? Oh, you didn't no. see this story?
2: No. no. Oh, my God. All right. We'll scramble the Jets and get that going. Yeah, oh, Minka we'll plays pickleball. This. Oh, not just Minka. No, not just Minka. Well, we'll say that, ju- we'll, we'll say it. We'll say, we'll say. We'll we'll get it. We'll surprise you.
0: Well, I mean, because Minka's a man of a certain age. Yeah. We'll surprise you with
2: We'll surprise you.
0: This is going to validate everything you've said about pickleball, Rich.
2: Oh, I will it. Because well, the of. person who actually won with Minka was that, of a true. certain age. That's true. Definitely
0: that's did not, uh, did okay. not think all we'd right. be going I, that direction. I, but I'll, I'll we to, I'll have know. to talk about this yes. later yeah, on. We'll get this later. But not to interrupt you. Continue. continue. No, no, going, it's, all, it's all good, man, because the, the story about Minka kind of reminds you, and it's kind of crazy, because Steelers Nation is uh, deep, it's vast, it's wide, it's international. I like telling the story. You like you telling do. the story, great, Chris. You know the story. story. You story. and I know the story. Folks story. might not know the story. Back when we were a little old podcast. It's
2: just a little old podcast. There wasn't even a
0: media group. It was just called NFL Network, and I walked into Steve Bornstein's office in 2011. I'm like, I'd like to do a podcast. How much is going to cost me? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead and do it, Richie. Fine. Go play with your your, your podcast. Don't worry about it. I just know yeah. you guys had a shower curtain. He did right? not know what a podcast uh, yeah, was. All of it. <laughs> But uh, we 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 credentialed football players for the Rich Eisen podcast to uh, to appear at the red carpet at the to, Oscars. I'd go to pick Academy
2: up. i to pick up my credential at Hollywood and Highland. Yes, and the people would literally look at me and go, "Why is the NFL getting credentialed?" Yeah,
0: why are they right? Exactly. Well, it's the Rich Eisen podcast, and the, I'm like, we, just we, hand me my land. The first player we ever <laughs> credentialed. The first player we credentialed to asked questions of the stars of the stars in the red carpet of the Academy Awards in Los Angeles, California was Heinz Ward. And you turned around, Chris, as Heinz was setting up and who is at the top row, the fans in the, in the bleachers set up to, to scream at Clooney and everyone else walking down the red we're carpet. We're so
2: early and we're just kind of walking up and down, taking the scene in me and Heinz. This is 2012 yeah, and literally there's a half dozen Steelers fans in the top row head to toe, black and gold with terrible towels, at the Oscars, why? I have no idea. They did not know we were going to be there. Of course not. It was Nobody was not knew. advertised. No. And they're just going nuts when they saw Hyde. And Steelers fans are everywhere. Everywhere.
0: And crazy. which is the franchise whose team is being talked about the absolute least in the AFC North? Right uh, now. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody <laughs> is talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody. Now, part of it is because... Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a contract, and the team is offering him the opportunity to do so, and he's saying, "No, nah. another day." Nine figures, eh, you yeah, can wait. Don't want it. Eh. <laughs> Sounds like John Rahm at the U.S. Open. Four hundred million dollars from the Live Tour will not appreciably change the life not of me and my, my wife. To salute John Rahm. <laughs> that's peanuts to you, Don John Rom. Um, And we're talking about the Bengals because they're the defending AFC North champion. By the way, kudos to you, Joey Burrow, talking about common sense gun laws yesterday. And we're also talking about the Browns, obviously. Obviously. Because of who their quarterback is and how they have bestowed the contract of contracts of all time contracts in the history of contracts in the National Football League upon him, and you got the Steelers, okay? And they, tra- they were the only. By the way, was the last team <laughs> to be the only team to draft a first round quarterback, and nobody's talking about him. Usually that's what absolutely is going to cause us to talk about you. Certainly when you haven't done that, you haven't chosen a quarterback in the first round of a draft since 2004. The Steelers went to a rookie quarterback in the first round and the football world shrugs. Uh, Did you see what happened with Russell Wilson? Did you see what happened with Tyreek Hill? Did you see what happened with Devontae Adams? Did you see what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill? Did you see what happened? With the Colts getting Matt Ryan, do you see what happened with everybody in the AFC West? Hey, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars world that we're paying attention to more than the Steelers for various reasons.
2: That's definitely true. I mean,
0: (laughs) my gosh, what's happening in the world. And you know who doesn't mind it? Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they love this. Absolutely love it. Lion in Wait. Flying under the radar. Flying under the radar. Signing Minka Fitzpatrick to the richest deal in the history of safeties. And everybody's like, yeah, well, what about the Shawn Watson? What about the Buffalo Bills? They, they're, they're, they're the team everybody's paying attention to. What about the Tennessee Titans making that trade on a draft night? Uh, honestly, more teams being talked about than the Pittsburgh Steelers is really weird. Now then, you know I think Kenny Pickett's going to start the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know that. You know I feel that way about it. Yeah, I feel I think, like he's going to beat wrong, out. But it's okay. I know. I feel like he's going to he's going to get the gig. I feel like he's going to get the gig, and Tomlin has the the juice to basically say we're starting a rookie, and we'll go through the ups, we'll go through the downs, and we're going to get through those bumps because the faster we do it, the better it is. Or the Steelers just have uh, have the juice. Suddenly, when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, you remember Ben Roethlisberger didn't lose a regular season game in his first year as a quarterback.
2: Uh, pretty good.
0: Right. But that's kind of what jarred me loose about the um, the news that Minka Fitzpatrick is, uh, is the richest safety in the history of, uh, uh, of the world. So congratulations to him. And, um, and we'll see what the Pittsburgh Steelers look like when they open training camp. By the way... Uh, ran into a bunch of folks from the Los Angeles Rams yesterday being at the NFL Network for the annual symposium for the entire network getting oh, together, nice. and that's later on today as well here in Southern California. Fun. And they're like, yeah, uh, ring ceremonies in about three weeks and training camp's in about five. It's right around the corner.
2: Can we talk to some people to maybe get credentialed to, like, cover the ring ceremony? Yeah, we can.
0: We can talk to them. I don't know if you're going to get the credential. <laughs> oh, <okay.
2: laughs>
0: There's a pond and a pool, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if you. we get the pond.
2: Yeah, got it. That's whack. It'd be fun to just event to be at.
0: right around the corner, just saying, kiddos. Just saying. Um, so you know how we're going to also start today, the show today? Because Mike Flora is going to be first up. What we're going to go Watson heavy it? with him. Um, let's, let's do it. You were going to do this with me on Monday, but John Sally was sitting here. And we were going to do it right. yesterday, but, you know, lots went down. What happened yesterday? Uh, let's do an overreaction Wednesday. Let's talk about the Overreaction Wednesday? Wednesday? Let's Not, do it. Right here on the Rich Eyes show. Let's talk football. Let's, let's talk a little bit more football before Florio joins. Oh, by the way, Doris Burke is on this program today as well. So we'll say hey to DB calling in from Boston. She's calling the NBA Finals uh, on ESPN Radio. And uh, Rick Riley will be here in studio. The wow. author he has got a new book called So Help Me Golf. Um, <laughs> and um, really lots, to, obviously, to talk about with him with the Live Tour and the PGA tour on the eve of the US Open in Boston, Massachusetts. Go ahead and hit it. Let's do it. Right here on the Richard. That was terrible.
1: That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Over
2: Reaction Wednesday. Oh wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. Look at that.
0: (laughs) I feel like we're I feel like we're 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 the NFL in the pandemic. We're gonna do this and no every day what, of the week. No, it's it's no gonna there's gonna what. be a, this is gonna be an overreaction day no, uh, every we day of the week. we
2: will probably do overreaction every single day if we felt like Go it. Go for it. Hey guys, this is a story that uh, only us and Mike Florio are really talking about. But uh, did you see the rumors that Sean Payton was gonna get hundred million dollars from the Dolphins? Yes, I did. Before all of that got kind of blown up. Well some uh, rumors, they're reports. My, I mean, oh, my overreaction is this. Sean Payton and Tom Brady package deal for a team in 2023?
0: Well, I, know, I think a lot of people think the package deal is uh, still could be in um, Miami, which is nuts. That's kind of off the charts. I don't
2: think they'll want to done Mike McDaniel, but I think another team. No, I don't think t- so they will team,
0: either. But crazy Carolina, things have happened. I don't know. Remember Jim Mora got one and done in Seattle? That's true. Remember that? Jim Mora's one and done in Seattle because Pete Carroll became available. See you later.
2: Who was in Arizona? Was it Steve Wilkes got one and done?
0: Well, that's. A, I think it's, yeah. But that was his first ever, head coaching ever. gig. Right. I mean, Jim Morrow was the former coach of the Atlanta Falcons when he took that gig in Seattle. That's
2: true.
0: Um, <sighs> I, you know what? I, 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 in honor of Mike Florio joining us here shortly on the program, I'll say that that is not an overreaction. I think Sean Payton is going to go back to coaching next year. I think one year in the studio will be enough for him. Or is he calling games for Fox?
2: I think he's studio.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think that'll be enough for him. I think he'll have the batteries recharged. And according to Florio and other reports, and he's going to join us here shortly. He'll
2: get a lot of money. He was, he was <laughs> about to
0: go straight from the Saints to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So. I don't know about Brady. I have a feeling like this is going to be his last year. $375 million waiting for him. He, he was on DP show earlier today here on Peacock, Sirius XM, Channel 85. And he was talking about how he looks around sometimes. He thinks he's a crazy man. Like, he's, he's nuts for trying this. Sees Aaron Donald working out saying, why am I coming back and doing this? I'm a 45-year-old man. What's up with that?
2: He also doesn't get hit. So, no,
0: I know he gets rid of the football, but yeah. uh, I, I have a feeling that Brady, this is his final year. And he knows oh, it, too, insane. in the back of his head. That's an $375 million waiting for him, too, at the end of that rainbow for 10 years. Holy future, crap. Future ownership. Yeah, pay cut. Be. A pay cut is he's taking to play football. What are you? What else you got over there, Chris? All right.
2: Uh, he's not on a team right now officially, but he is a wedding crasher. Odell Beckham is going to be the missing piece on another Super Bowl run. For someone. I'm not going to say who. I'll
0: tell you who. But for someone. I'll tell you who. I'll tell you who. He's coming back to the Rams. He'll come back to the Rams. I think he's a Ram by Thanksgiving.
2: What if Godwin's not all the way healthy and Tom lobbies him a call?
0: Um, I, I, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, if Brady calls and says, hey, Odell, you want to win one more time with us? I think he likes it here. I think he likes it here a hell of a lot. I think he was at you know Sean McVay's wedding and hanging out with these guys. He loves it here, and they love him. I think they're they're absolutely going to make that happen. I feel it in my bones he will be back with the Los Angeles Rams oh. here on Thanksgiving Day. Feels like you have been that is, So uh, not an overreaction. You're two for two. What's going on, Chris? Uh, I
2: saw this the other day. I forget what the actual headline was, but it's something about how Matt Ryan is basically awesome and is lighting it up uh, at the Colts. So I'm going to say Matt Ryan is going to go for $45,000. And win the division this year. I,
0: I don't think. I, I think winning the division is entirely possible, but I think forty and five thousand is a total overreaction. Who is he throwing it to? I know there's Pittman, right? Yeah,
2: Pittman, and they, you know, hit him with the Heinz. And I don't know. They run Jonathan the. Foo- Taylor, they, they're going to run the football I mean, yeah, way just, too much for some. Open have, it up. They're they going to open Allie it up. Cox
0: at tight end. Yeah, yeah they got a key. quarterback
2: now who can throw the ball confidently to the right team, and they're just going to open it up. I don't know, I'm just. I think those like numbers
0: it. are too large for a team too with large. Jonathan okay. Taylor on it. Okay. What else you got?
2: Uh, Broncos, guys, Broncos. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I saw this headline. He's not going to give up the starting job lightly. So I'm going to say, why, why does he have to? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both 1,000 yards this year. Oh, my
0: gosh. Is Mike Shanahan coaching the team but again? Is that what's happening? Is Mike Anderson going to come out of retirement and throw Is that what we're doing right here? I think, uh, by the way, I would I would peg Javante Williams for fantasy football right now. Out of all the the players that are there that I think are going to have the biggest season offensively, I think he's going to be he's that one. If I had to choose one, if I had to choose like Jerry Judy or any of the receivers or Javante Williams, I'd choose that guy. That's who I would choose. I think the run game is going to be the unheralded, underrated portion uh, of the Russell Wilson offense.
2: Russ not a top ten quarterback then for fantasy. I
0: again I'm 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 on the I need to see it to believe it train for the Denver Broncos. I I'm 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 there. I'm, uh,
2: I'm riding shotgun. What
0: else you me. got over there, Chris?
2: Uh we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson. No no deal yet for him. I'm gonna say he's gonna play the whole year without a new contract.
0: I agree with you there too. I agree with you too. That would be just exactly the way this thing plays out.
2: Should I, should I have added franchise tagged at the end of that? Meeting?
0: Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I I think it, yeah, because I don't think it's going to get done so damn quick after the season. You know, those franchise tags have to hit you. You have to hit somebody with it. You have to slap it on somebody or place it uh, before the new league year begins, which is right after the year. That's something to ask Florio coming up next. But uh, I I I don't see anything happening. I could see him absolutely playing the entire season without a, a new deal. It, it, it seems par for this entire weird course. There is no frame of reference. In the history, uh, recent history of the NFL, certainly in the the era of the NFL with the new collective bargaining agreement where people are paid $100 million a year for play quarterback, 30, 30, where, where somebody who's making in the mid-20s is a bargain, uh, I don't have any frame of reference on it. You got one more, so we're on time for Florida. I do have I one, one more. more. Thank you. All right, we'll get one more.
2: Thank you, Josh. Actually, now that I'm looking at the numbers from last year, I guess it's not all that overreaction. So Tyreek Hill said that Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. I think
0: he's talking up his quarterback well, who's, getting, was, who's getting hit from different angles. That's the way I have to guess I it. I was
2: going to say that Tua is going to finish this year with a higher completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes, but he actually did it last year. Now that I'm looking it up, Tua was 678 in 2021, and Mahomes was 66.3. Yeah, but how
0: many more attempts did uh, did Mahomes have than Tua?
2: So Mahomes had uh, 658 attempts.
0: Yeah, and Tua's got to have on the and 400s. Tua had 380. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mahomes had twice as many
0: attempts. Um,
2: that's true. <sighs> I, guess I could do
0: You know right. what? Every oh, single uh, time you ask you me this, and I right. go and I and I and I, and I take Mahomes over Tua, I get accused of being off the Tua and on train. I know. I, I think the world of Tua, and I hope he does well. But if we're going to start comparing him to Mahomes, I think he loses ten times out of
2: ten. All right, well, pass I'm the rating. rating. Mahomes is ninety eight point five, and Tua is
0: ninety point one. Okay, uh, I, I, so I'll take Mahomes having a better accuracy rating than Tua. I'll do it. I'll say that. Well, I'm sorry. This is overreaction Monday. It's overreaction. So uh, it's not to, a what's more likely. We need to, yeah, it's not uh, that's an overreaction. Likely, I'll, right, I'll right. just rule that an overreaction and move forward. Right, there okay, there you go. That's the, the yeah. That that would have been overreaction Monday, but we, we did it here on a Wednesday. It would
2: have been Tuesday, too. Because
0: anyway. you know what? We're going to talk NBA Finals later with uh, Doris Burke, and we're going to talk about the Live Tour in the U.S. Open and how everything's <laughs> going down on the PGA Tour, the Rick Riley and studio in studio on hour number three. We've also got our... Our, our old friend Kyle Pitts, um, who was uh, uh, ill the last time he was booked and could not make his appearance, we're, uh, we're told he's feeling better and he will be on the show in hour number three. And there's you at eight four four two zero four rich number to double. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, I thought this was uh, uh, quite a dichotomy as yesterday, that Deshaun Watson appeared uh, and took questions for the first time since his introductory press conference on March 25th, and attempted to turn pages, right? Like, we're moving forward here. You know, we're talking football here best we can. If you have any questions, talk to my lawyers. I never did anything wrong. I still stand by that. And that was, uh, honestly, the, the gist of what yesterday was with a whole bunch of word salad dressed around it. So that was one aspect of it. The other aspect uh, of the day was Charles Robinson of Yahoo!, uh, acquiring a 230-page document that was the uh, interview conducted by the <clears throat> lawyer of Deshaun Watson in, uh, in a proceeding for the civil lawsuit of a, uh, a Houston Police Department detective that looked into whether there were criminal charges worthy of Deshaun Watson and uh that's an eye-opener another eye-opener 230 page document so when we come back we'll talk to our friend mike florio about all of this the man who kicks things off on peacock every day don't go anywhere we'll talk to him about lamar and baker and so many other nfl items coming up next Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial on our terrestrial radio outfit, One Big Happy Family with Peacock, Sirius XM, Channel 85. The man kicks us off every day on NBC Sports on Peacock with PFT Live and his book Playmakers, still available where all books are acquired. The author... And creator of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, back here on the program. How are you doing, Mike?
1: Rich, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you?
0: I am fine. You were, uh, as I texted you this morning when I uh, when I asked if you were free, and you were kindly uh, free and uh, and willing to call in. I said, you know what? You're the first person I thought of. What a a dichotomy on on tuesday that deshaun watson appears for the first time since march 25th he's standing in front of the old brown step and repeat he's doing what all quarterbacks do at mandatory minicamps which is make himself available for questioning this one however as we all know is completely different he did his best to if you will move on turn a page keep things moving forward and uh, then on the same day charles robinson our colleague from yahoo acquires a 230 page deposition taken by the attorney for all of the civil lawsuit um, um, folks who are suing Deshaun Watson. Um, And uh, there is so much in there. The 230 page deposition uh, was an interview conducted by Busby of a uh, member of the Houston uh, Police Detective Department that was looking into Deshaun Watson. I will now be quiet and ask you what you make of all this.
1: Well, I want to go back to yesterday, right about this time, Deshaun Watson meets with reporters, as you mentioned, first time since March 25. I don't think he was required to do it, and he's definitely not required to answer substantive questions about these cases. I think it would have been better for him if he simply would have said, on the advice of my lawyers, because there are cases pending, I have been told to not say anything about this. That's better than reciting the same old talking points, and we know that they're talking points. You can see as he's delivering it, he is striving to remember exactly what he's supposed to say. I never assaulted anyone, I never harassed anyone, I I never uh, did anything that I wasn't supposed to do. And uh, I'm innocent of all these claims. And they asked him about settling the case. I want to just clear my name, I want to focus on clearing my name. Well, if that's the case, he should embrace the possibility of a paid leave so he can focus on getting these cases tried and winning them one after another after another after another if he's that determined that he's innocent of all of these civil charges. So I just don't know what was gained. And it's felt like, and really the first domino was the HBO Real Sports feature that has begun this three weeks and, and one day of one bad development after another Some people who previously hadn't sued are now suing, and more could come out of the woodwork. That was the Tony Busby statement from yesterday. Many have sued. Many others haven't yet. I think he had about nine more months to wait and see until the statutes of limitations run on these claims, assuming that once he was sued the first time, he decided no more of these Instagram private massages. I'm done as of March 15, 2021. So you got until March 15 of 2023, to sweat out the possibility of more cases, and it sounds like there will be more. I, I, I just think it's been a very bad 22 days for Deshaun Watson, for mm. the Browns, and I don't see it getting any better, especially if more lawsuits being filed will result in more of these women deciding that they are going to stand up and do what they think they need to do as well to get their specific form of justice.
0: So uh, what, what was in this 230-page deposition um that that again charles robinson of yahoo acquired it was the interview of a police detective in houston that was looking into 10 of the cases i guess Yeah, Uh, she
1: was one of the detectives on the case and rich she testified she believed deshaun watson committed multiple crimes she didn't testify to the grand jury that took up nine of the complaints she did testify to the Brazoria County grand jury that took up the one. It was an incident that didn't happen in Harris County. There was no indictment in that one either. We still don't know, and we never will know specifically why there was no indictment because there's so much power, there's so much discretion and latitude that a prosecutor has in trying to seek an indictment or not seek an indictment. My big takeaway from the New York Times article, the excellent item from Jenny Vrentas last week, was maybe the prosecutor just didn't want to deal with a dream team led by Rusty Harden for two years going through acquittal after acquittal after acquittal because reasonable doubt is everywhere in cases like this. So this detective, now a witness, now called to testify, at least for discovery purposes in the civil cases, believed that crimes were committed. And there are all sorts of things that came up, some different conceptual ideas. One of the big things that Rusty Harden and the rest of the legal team representing Watson is pushing is this notion of a presumption of innocence that that the accused is entitled to in the investigative phase, and that just bastardizes the entire concept of presumption of innocence. That applies once you're charged and facing trial. That doesn't apply during the investigation. If every cop's walking around with a presumption of innocence, nobody's ever getting charged with anything. Somebody walks in and makes an accusation, sorry, we're presuming he's innocent. You better have something more than your story. Well, sometimes all you have is your story. When it's two people in a room at Deshaun Watson's behest, no witnesses, no one else there. The person who believes something happened that shouldn't happen goes in and tells the police this is what happened. And if the people who are trained and experienced in spotting credibility or lack thereof think it's a credible story, you go forward. And if the defendant isn't going to cooperate, what do you do? Do you drop it? Or do you take it to a grand jury and see what the grand jury does? So I, I, don't, I don't understand that argument. I think it's disingenuous. But I think this is just part of the broader effort by Rusty Harden to, on behalf of Deshaun Watson, find a silver bullet. That ultimately prevents him not just from losing these cases, but from getting suspended by the NFL. I, I just I can't imagine at this point how he doesn't get suspended. And I'm back in the camp where I think he should just be put on paid leave until these cases are over.
0: Well, I, I I don't I don't I don't know how this is going to play out, Mike. Obviously, none of us do, and I don't know really what what to make of of all of this. Where let's put it this way: I, I didn't see. The current state uh, of affairs playing out I always thought maybe I'm just naive that if Watson was gonna play in the NFL after last year's debacle really is what it was and that that it would all be handled and settled and done And that would be done in in a rearview mirror. And we would all have to sit here and wonder, what was that all about? And is he somebody worthy of of rooting for? Now, he's playing. He's been bestowed the greatest contract in the history of player contracts the NFL's ever seen. And this is an open sore that daily can be opened even wider. Every single day, right? I mean, there's this document is here. How many more depositions are yet to be taken or have been taken or is going to be put out there? How is this sustainable in any way, shape, or form for a player to be out there every day?
1: You're uh, absolutely right. And look, I think the Browns went into this with a very simple plan. We're going to take some short-term hits, PR. We're not going to have him available for some period of time. Long-term, we have a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. At some point, this is going to be no different than it was for Ben Roethlisberger, who got suspended six games, reduced to four. He had two complaints against him. They went to the Super Bowl that year that he served the suspension. Within a year or two, it was completely forgotten, like it had never even happened. By the time he retires, you're an ass if you mention it. That's how deeply it faded into the rearview mirror. Well, that's not happening. It's getting worse, not better. He says he wants to clear his name. I don't think his name is ever getting cleared. Even if he goes twenty six for twenty six or thirty for thirty or more as the case may be, there's too much out there, it's lingered too long and it's spreading. And I think that's where the Browns miscalculate. I think you're 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 right on the money on this. There are too many of these. And that's what I keep coming back to, Rich. They want to accuse Tony Busby, who represents all of these plaintiffs, of being basically the Pied piper, the ringleader who's pulling together a bunch of meritless, if not frivolous claims. And and holding it together for his own personal fame and notoriety and a big payday, ultimately a third of every dollar that changes hands. But here's the practical reality: last October, November timeframe, when the Dolphins were going to trade for Watson, they offered each of these 22 plaintiffs at the time $100,000. 18 of them said yes, I'll take it. Four held out. Watson said it's all or nothing. Well, let's think about this. If this really is Tony Busby charlatan holding together 24 and counting frivolous lawsuits, how is there not any evidence being developed of these folks being indignant, impatient? I want my money. Right. I thought all I had to do was sign this paper and I'm going to get my money. Where's my money? You don't have any of that. Nobody is stepping out of line. Nobody is talking out of school. That's the kind of evidence that would be very persuasive to cut against the idea that we can't disregard the stories from 26 different people. And until I see something like that, in my mind... There are too many of these accusations for there not to be fire at the bottom of all that smoke.
0: And then he does such a terrible job of explaining himself, too, Mike. I mean, his his quote yesterday when asked about regrets, did he regret saying in the press conference on March 25th that there were, you know, that that he didn't disrespect any of the women? Right. And he basically said that um does have regrets uh, as far as the impact that it's had on the community and people outside of myself and then he went on eventually to talk about who that includes and he says that includes males females everyone across the world what what does that mean right I mean so so uh, again the reason why I keep bringing this up is because I've never seen anything like it in the 20 years that I've covered this and where does it go where does it go right I mean how 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 does he take the field in week one without something happening, right? The, the league is – something's going to happen between now and week Week one of some sort. Would you agree? Oh, or it no? has to. Okay.
1: It has to. The All only right. question is, is it uh, an unpaid suspension that goes through the three-step process where the league proposes the suspension, the disciplinary officer makes a decision on whether and to what extent they will be disciplined, and then the commissioner has final say over an appeal if – the outcome of the disciplinary officers proceeding is any discipline at all. The only way this, this, the commissioner's appeal jurisdiction is short-circuited is if the finding by retired Judge Sue L. Robinson is no discipline at all. So that's one path. The other path is to put paid leave back on the table. And I know in late March, the commissioner said, I probably wouldn't put him on the commissioner exemplist, put him on paid leave. I would just suspend him at this point. Well, that was three months ago. A lot's happened. Since then, right? And I've asked the league multiple times, does what the commissioner said at the press conference at the league meetings in Florida still stand? And they they say no comment. And I don't know how to interpret that, but it would be very easy to say, he said what he said, and there's no reason for what he said to not still apply. But I think paid leave makes the most sense because, Rich, what do you do if you're the league? Do you suspend him, X number of games, and then all of this other evidence comes out, and there's more lawsuits, and it looks like you were too lenient on him? Do you, do you do a preliminary suspension based on what we know now and you hold the door open for more later? But then it still continues to hover over the NFL. They don't want the, the whole reason for paid leave. They don't want, during the broadcast of the NFL games, there to be conversation about this kind of stuff. They want these guys who have been involved in, in incidents that have resulted in serious allegations to be out of sight and out of mind and out of the mouth's of the people who are broadcasting the games. So paid, paid leave makes the most sense by far, especially since, Rich, I believe this, you put him on paid leave, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those cases move towards settlement. Because he's going to understand the only way I'm going to play is to get these behind me, so he's going to embark on the process of getting them behind him, although it's probably going to be a lot more expensive than it would have been last October.
0: Well, he's got the cash. He's got the Haslam dollars. That's for sure. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, one other item for you. Uh, I thought of you right away. Late last week, um, a report out of South uh, out of South Florida, the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Dave Hyde says um, that the Dolphins had a five-year deal already to give to Sean Payton at twenty million bucks a year. Albert Breer, our friend from Sports Illustrated, said actually it was a hundred over four. And I thought of you because you were talking, you've been banging the drum quite a bit about the uh, Brady-Sean Payton package deal to Miami. Are we, uh, you know, certainly since Brady was asked about it at his press availability last week and about uh, any contact with Miami and he didn't deny it. He said, you know, there's uh, I talked to a lot of people. Um, So what do you make of all of this right now?
1: I wasn't surprised by the reporting, Rich, because I can tell you with 100 percent certainty I'm not Mm -hmm. even going to leave any wiggle room in here based upon the people I've talked to Mm -hmm. over the past three months. Plus, it was a done deal. And this is how the sausage gets made in the NFL. It's all pre-made. And then the process plays out, right? The deals are in place. Everything's done. And then the dominoes are going to fall in a very orchestrated way. Week of the Super Bowl, Tom Brady is announced as a minority owner of the Dolphins. Thereafter, Sean Payton is acquired by the Dolphins to culminate their coaching search. Trade with the Saints. First round pick goes to the Saints. Sean Payton goes to the Dolphins. At some point thereafter, after the Buccaneers have found a quarterback to replace Tom Brady, Tom Brady decides he's not just going to partially own the Dolphins, he's going to play for the Dolphins. That was all in place. It was all happening. Brian Flores files his lawsuit February 1, the same day Tom Brady announced his retirement, and the plug gets pulled. But it was happening. And the league has to be nervous about this story because it shows that multiple rules and policies get disregarded all the time, whether it's tampering, Mm. whether it's the Rooney rule, you're going to make your decisions and come up with your plan, and then everything else is done for show to create the impression that there was compliance with these rules. And, look, I, hey, Rich, we speculated yesterday on why ESPN and NFL Network didn't jump on this thing. It's very difficult for the league-owned network. And I know I'm talking to a guy who is one of the primary faces <laughs> and voices of the league-owned network, but let's face it. You can't have Ian Rappaport on NFL Network oh. saying, hey, by the way, the Saints and the Dolphins, had a deal that violates, well, I of six or seven different policies. And, uh, and the only reason it didn't happen is because Brian Flores filed a lawsuit against the league, and it wouldn't be good for the league's defense of that lawsuit if they went forward with it. It's probably not very good for the league's defense of the lawsuit for me to be even talking about it.
0: Well, I mean, how, how did – so Flores's lawsuit blew it up because, um, because they couldn't hire another coach? right away is that, like what why would Flores lawsuit like what is the connective tissue is to Flores
1: lawsuit blowing I think it, it was up just, boy we got to press the panic button on this we can't do this because Flores lawsuit talks about tampering with a high-profile quarterback who was Brady obviously uh, Bruce Beal the right-hand man to Stephen Ross is the connection back to Tom Brady Bruce Beal was going to facilitate the meeting between Brady and Brian Flores when Stephen Ross wanted Flores to meet with him and that's in the lawsuit you've got allegations of racial bias in the lawsuit so we're going to trade for a prominent white coach and pay him 20 to 25 million a year can't do that either everything just got rolled up into a ball at that point and thrown aside it was happening but for that lawsuit and next level cynicism is Brian Flores maybe filed that lawsuit when he did to keep it from happening because I remember thinking why are you, why are you filing the lawsuit before the Texans make their hire and before the Dolphins make their hire the Texans, I think, would have hired Josh McCown. Makes your case stronger. The Dolphins go forward with this Sean Payton trade, and there's a paper trail that it was all done in advance in violation of the spirit of the Rooney Rule. that makes your case stronger, too. I don't know. Maybe he... Gave the green light to go ahead and file the lawsuit Hmm. just to keep Stephen Ross from getting the guys he wanted.
0: Well, and is it what? um, Before I let you go, um, it's in your book, I believe. Um, Sean Payton was going to be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys as far back as 2019. Done Uh, deal. But deal. but why and, why is Anthony Davis the basketball player the the star Anthony Davis involved in this? Where do he where how is he playing into
1: that? Mickey Loomis was the VP of basketball operations for the Pelicans at the time. Mickey Loomis has been the GM of the Saints for years. The deal was done, all set up ahead of time. Uh-huh. You get you get the ducks in a row ahead of time, and then Jerry Jones fires Jason Garrett. Then Jerry Jones engages in a search for a coach that complies with the letter in the spirit of the Rooney rule. And then at the end of the day, well, let's just trade for Sean Payton. That was how it was going to play out. But just as they were getting ready to implement the plan, Anthony Davis says, I want out of New Orleans. And Mickey Loomis tells Sean Payton at that point, I can't be the common thread between two of these New Orleans icons leaving. I can't be responsible for that, so we just can't do it. And that ended it in 2019. And that's why everybody's watching the Cowboys now. Going forward, Peyton's going to be the hottest name on the coaching carousel next year. And there's already been talk to the Panthers. I think the Cowboys will be in play. And, you know, there's a way that the, the planets line up where it's a team that needs a quarterback and a coach, and maybe this Brady and Peyton thing happens after all somewhere else.
0: Hmm. Do it, do do I at least get Florio credit for bringing this story up on the Rich Eisen show, even though I am the face and voice of, yes. of the NFL yes. Network? Do yes.
1: I At least get. But you some- understand where I'm coming from from a <laughs> news gathering standpoint. Pushing that for uh, that story forward, working on that story that potentially creates all sorts of problems for 3:45. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Well, the news it- gathering people can't do it.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see how uh, if if I've got a red light on my uh, on my voicemail <laughs> when I hang up from you.
1: You know, it's funny. I had a phone call yesterday from the main switchboard at three forty-five Park oh. Avenue. I missed the call. I've never gotten that. Call before. I have no idea who mm-hmm. was on the other end of that call. Because anybody else in the league office who wants to find me has like cell phones and email. Sure, I'm still very curious. I don't know. Three uh, forty-five. Maybe, maybe the, the main switchboard was trying to track
0: me down. Maybe that's why Roger asked me for your phone number. I don't know. <laughs> I'll better check, better check it out. Thanks for the call, Mike. Good talking to you, Okay, there's Mike Florio, pro football talk, right here on the Rich Eisen show. I
2: know we got to get to break, but I have so many, so many questions. Right,
0: so that's why we, that's why we have a segment after the break. That's coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. you got many questions. We'll try and answer them. I've got a question for you, too, back when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets Callaway just didn't create their longest irons ever with the new Rogue ST. They made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player. The Rogue ST irons I've been telling you about and that you should go check out right now at CallawayGolf.com slash GoRogue. They come in four different offerings. Each model uses artificial intelligence on high strength 450 steel. It's the only irons ever to do so. Bottom line, though, is there is a style of Rogue ST irons built for your game. The Rogue ST Max is the most popular iron of the bunch because of its uh, ability to uh, fit the games of the widest range of players. Combination of speed, forgiveness, all-around performance, low-to-mid-single-digit handicappers, there's a Rogue ST Pro for you. The Max OS is Callaway's best game improvement model, and the Max OS Lite is their most forgiving high-launch iron. It's for players with slower swing speed. So no other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com GoRogue. Talking a lot of golf in hour number three. Rick Riley's going to be here in studio. His new book, So Help Me Golf, Where All Books Can Be Acquired. You said you had questions, Chris Brockman, um, about Mike Florio's appearance. What do you got? That.
2: Do, you, do you think that this Brady Dolphins Sean Payton thing is not a big time national story? It feels like the only people really talking about it are us and the people of South Florida is because no one at ESPN has really ran with it. Well,
0: um, I think you know, and I know Florio was saying no one at NFL Networks uh, touched it either because of how touchy a subject it is for an owner and a team or what have you. And you know, obviously, I'll always push back on that sentiment. I've, I've never been ever since. Honestly, we talk about everything here on this show. I've never gotten a single call saying we might want to stop with that one. Of
2: course, but Adam but no, but, and no, but and Jeff Adam, Darlington. I, and, I think and part Ian of the reason why, and
0: them. part of the reason why people aren't running is it's Brady's involved. It's Brady who's involved. And so...
2: They weren't afraid to falsely report that he's retiring.
0: Well, they didn't falsely report it. They, was, they actually reported it, and it happened. So, he that's the actually, accurate... He
2: didn't actually say the word retirement.
0: He said he was stepping away from the game.
2: That's he not a done. retirement.
0: Well, as it turned out, it was somebody didn't retire. Look, I, I, I mean, part of it also is... is um, the fact that two very powerful players in this league in Brady and Payton have moved on they've done they've gone on to other different things
2: but only and, because of the Brian Flores lawsuit like well, you heard Mike say this is a, this was a done deal he was going to be the dolphins quarterback and part owner and Sean Payton was going to be paid probably more than Bill Belichick to be the head coach which is crazy
0: that would have been wild man it would have been it would have been part and parcel of the whole hell going on month of March. If Brady unretired and, and said, you know what, the minute, the minute the Buccaneers went and filled that role, he'd say, you know what, I want to play again. So the Bucs would be more inclined to make a deal and strike a deal.
2: And then a first-round pick, because they would have had to have traded for Sean Payton. It's, it's, it's bananas. Well,
0: I mean, Brady could wind up still in ownership of the Miami Dolphins anyway. Do you think Fox would have a problem with him being an owner of a team and, and being not. in the booth? Of course not. That nice of course not. No, right. I mean, I, I, they'll still be happy to have Brady in the booth. I, right. I don't think – I think Brady could absolutely – the only thing that Brady can't do uh, when he's the lead analyst for Fox and the NFL on Fox is also play quarterback. <laughs> that, that, that he can't do. Right. But he can absolutely still be the, uh, a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins. I don't think the Fox would have a problem with that. Would you Would you listen to Brady less call the games of a Miami Dolphin game? No. I mean, everybody knows. I don't, think, I don't knows.
2: think he would be put on Dolphins games, but.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not.
2: I think Brady becoming an owner seems incredibly likely. Right? I, I,
0: I think he can afford it. <laughs> I think he can absolutely afford it. Yeah. So. It's
2: just, it was just kind of struck me. It's like ESPN really hasn't been covering this at all, and I think that's why it's not. Well, it's
0: really- also, I think, very difficult to confirm it because nobody is probably talking about it. And, you know, bottom line is the reason why things aren't reported completely out is because yeah. folks don't have the information nailed down. Right. But Florio sure does. That's why he likes talking about it. He's pinned it to the top of Pro Football Talk. Doris Burke coming up, hour number two. DB. I got a question for you. What do you got? I've noticed today you've come dressed in a shirt that I only see the letters A.S. Oh, it's... And like no, cash. I, okay, Cash. Okay, I see A.S. and that could go in any direction. Okay, Why, what, what's with Cash? What is that?
2: That's actually, I bought this when we were in Nashville at the Johnny Cash Museum. Oh,
0: very good. Yeah. So you just walk around with a shirt that says Cash and we could yeah. read into it.
2: I like to wear it in Las Vegas. Feels like it's good Cash. Luck. It Feels like it's good luck. That'd be
0: good? Very good? So what were you guessing? Um, I, I, I thought there could be an, another S there could have been another S
2: <laughs> should I just open this up a I don't know bit man I, it people just can says see, A-S people can see it, it could be something <laughs> as you
0: know anything else they could have gone in any direction, and All I right. was very, very, you know, All normally right. I only ask questions I already know the answer to. Yeah, I don't to. want to... Uh, I
2: didn't want to... Very want to fearful. What fun is that?
0: What, asking questions only you only know the answer to? asking questions you know the answer Well, I mean, it's, it's, it is still fun. I mean, I can still get the question out see, knowing is, the answer is compelling, and you've never heard the answer. This is why I could not tell you guys about the prices Right, because I needed those reactions to be authentic. Right. I didn't want you to know and didn't have to guess... Or pretend like you didn't know. Well, uh, let me just say this. Uh, The reason why I say those things is I only ask questions I already know the answer to. Um, Clearly, you know, when I'm asking Mike Florio questions, I don't know the answer to them. I want to know the answer to them. But when I ask a question, like, say, of Mariucci, hey, that one time that you called a timeout in a game, you were blowing somebody out. I already know the answer to the question. He did it. Because he wanted to take a, picture. Take a photograph yeah. with Steve Young, and I got that story out, and Steve had never heard that story, and then he came on this show. You know, so sometimes I ask questions I already know the answer to on purpose because a lot of folks may not know the answer to it, and I think it's very compelling. I understand,
2: What's in the box? I understand
0: that. I do that a lot from this seat, Rich. What do you do? Sometimes Metsi. I will ask something that I already know the answer to just because I figure someone out there might not. You, I want you guys you, to elaborate. A you got an bit. example of that? Uh, the shotgun thing with golf. Remember or the step up yesterday, Chris, you were like, you did not know what a step up ceremony is. I mean, you do. Yeah, I well, it was not hard mm, to you, figure yeah, it out. I don't think <laughs> you said, you said, so, you said your you children had a step up ceremony for and school. You literally it's, thought it involved a, a, a stairs. And, no, and I a, said a Channing Tatum movie that I had no idea. Why that? I believe. (laughs) Yeah. It was Magic Mike. That's the step up.